Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. Woo! We're glad to be here with you today. We've got a great episode coming your way. Producer Nathan and Zach both in studio. What's up? Here, sharing, talking. <laughs> That's right. We are uh, in our respective studios, which means rooms in our houses. Home that, studios. And, That's in, right. In the garage. Zach's in the garage. We want to remind you real quickly just to leave that rating and review. We love when you do that because it helps us make the podcast better. For all of you student ministry people that are so awesome and listen to this podcast week after week, we appreciate that. Uh, we'd love for you to tell a friend about it. Also, the ratings help find help people find the podcast when they search for it. So uh, thanks for doing all those things. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we, Nathan, we have been out at conferences and stuff and had so many people come by and say like, Hey, I listened to the podcast mm-hmm. and conferences the last little bit. We had some live events last year, uh, conference wise, we're getting ready to have more coming up, uh, in winter and spring. And so mm-hmm. super excited about that and hope to see, you guys out there. So people that listen to the podcast, please come by and say hello say hey, when yeah. we're when when we're out somewhere. Yeah. We love to we love to meet you in person. Zach, it's always a pleasure, my friend, when you yeah, jump in on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to start off just uh because I know another uh, we could call it I was gonna say sister podcast, but I guess in this case it would be brother podcast that uh from life from lifeway students and that's what you and chad are doing around youth ministry booster how's uh the relaunch this last fall okay so maybe maybe that's a spot to talk about it here so uh you know we started podcasting in 2015 uh back when the whole world wasn't sure what to do with that right like that was like it was on apple only (laughs) (laughs) uh and so we we took a little bit of the covid year of 2020 off to kind of uh, recenter reset uh, for us. It felt like we had some things to say during that year, but also maybe not a lot of expertise. So we just put our listening ears on. Um, yeah. The relaunch has been a lot of fun uh, just to get back to some of the conversations that we are having af- as and after ministry happens. Like that was kind of like, you know, for us, the genesis of of starting that podcast was rooted in the moments after a Wednesday night, after a Sunday morning, uh, either when you feel low or you feel defeated or you feel excited. And it's just like all those kind of like the ministry feelings that you like kind of carry with you and like where to place them, how to talk about them. Uh, so it usually creates some interesting overlap of like how we're feeling, how we're doing intersected with some of the things that we're asking about ministry. And so yeah. it's been fun to be back this summer and sharing a little bit. Uh, I think this episode so will come out uh, right before we finish our trilogy <laughs> on the conclusion of what's happening with Chad's daughter's fish. Um, if you haven't <laughs> listened to it, there's a whole three-part thing going on uh, with the saga of Malia getting uh, fish to put in her ten-gallon tank. Uh, the conclusion is riveting. Don't miss it. It's uh, it's it's been a real, it's been a real thing. There's been there's been like love and loss and death, um, but also some other <laughs> conversations about you know not internalizing uh, other folks' uh, frustrations or, or or struggles. And so uh, there there's a little bit of both. It's the life and the ministry and the overlap together so it's been fun uh and you know spending time with my buddy is always it's always a laugh so it's good it's good i am uh sufficiently teased okay about, good, about good, the, good. yeah <laughs> so the Man. success on that success on that good well it's been cool to see that you guys are uh are back into that and 
Um, of course, we had Youth Ministry Booster Season 3 is underway. Ministry People Quench. are in groups. The community is rolling. And if you've listened to this podcast uh, a good bit, then you know that's something that we absolutely love is how we're able to put youth pastors into community together. Uh, and that's that's been an exciting thing to launch season three of. So uh, I've been excited to hear from you offline about how well that's going. And then just the, the fruit of that, if we're going to use spiritual, the fruit, fruit. no, it's good. Um, Yeah. The joy and the gentleness. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's good. It's been a lot of fun. I had a Methodist friend call me the other day. I only say that because uh, it means that there's sufficient overlap and some of the things that we're trying to do. Uh, And he was just like, man, I just, he was just really thankful for some of the things that our team was doing around like the health of ministers and the care of ministers in a very relational way. So that was a yeah. commendation from him uh, to our team to not only be a, a place that offers resourcing and programming and events for students, but to also think about the care of ministers at the relational level. And so it yeah. was it was a good conversation. It just, it, it, you know, l- listen, like in the same way that your leaders love getting warm texts, like it, it's nice sometimes to hear from your friends that, that, you know, your work matters too. So for, for folks out there, if you haven't texted a friend who you've seen them post online what they're doing in their ministry, like connect the dots. Don't just like it. Send them a nice thing. It's good. Yeah, <laughs> Let that's them know right. You saw it and you thought it was good and not just an idea you were going to steal. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I love it. Uh, Producer Nathan, we uh, well, we want to hear from you today. Yeah. Uh, there, People hear from you. You jump in from time to time. And of course, mm-hmm. as, as we do some of the interview episodes, uh, you bring some insight there at the end of the episode each and every week. And um, But you have been deep in the throes of referee season. Does everybody know about I have that? Been. Do they know that he has like a whole weekend life where he is like <laughs> esteemed among peers that we'll never meet? This is important, people. It's good. Yeah. Uh-oh. It's we have producer Nathan by day and referee superhero Nathan by night. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been going good. It's a lot of fun. It's I mean, I tell people it's one of those things where I mean I get to run around, have a lot of fun. Right now it's football season. I got a little bit of college lacrosse coming up later this fall for like nice. the, the it's kind of like the off season for lacrosse, but it's kind of like this. So like you think of like spring football, you know, like practice, kind of like scrimmage games. That's kind of what lacrosse does in the in the fall. So I got a few of those coming up. So that's always fun. Um, it's just fun being on the field. It's fun to kind of be outside running around doing some stuff that seems somewhat back to normal these days with everything that's kind of been going on. So and it's always yeah. fun just to get yelled at. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's what I was, that's one of the things I was thinking. I have often thought, and I'll extend this a little bit to, uh, referees, but I've, I've often thought that the high school football coach is a very similar role to the youth pastor. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's teenager influence, obviously there, you got to deal with a larger staff at the school compared mm-hmm. to the church. There's other people that are competing for interest there's There's always strong opinions (laughs) strong Mm -hmm. opinion there's always the parent element uh and sometimes based on your decisions parents and and other faculty are really pleased with you and other times Mm -hmm. they're not uh high school football coaches tend to move around a good bit they'll be they'll every you know several years they'll 
jump around some. So I've often thought that, hey, there's a lot of similarities there, but you mentioned being mm-hmm. yelled at and I, you know, <laughs> so, so sometimes parents in the stands uh, will yell at Benny, you okay? Uh, was that a trigger for you? Was that like a, like a, like Nathan mentioned being yelled at and Ben was just like, oh, I'm there. I, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened to me, but it's probably like the difference there is that when it's happened to me in a student pastor perspective, probably my fault uh, in the past, just mishandling certain convert, like some of them come to mind. Like there was, and this is a sport, this is a sports reference. There was a family one time that, man, we were trying really hard to get them engaged and get them plugged in and their kids and their kids had uh, this one, their child specifically had a ton of influence at their school and their friend group. We were really working hard to try to get them involved in the student ministry. They had, they were just kind of attending here and there. And it was clear that the family was, sports first. And you know that there are a lot of student mm-hmm. pastors that would say like, yeah, I know that family or multiple families. Yep. Uh, and so they were having this conversation, but at the same time, the parents were saying, Hey, why isn't my, my, my son involved? And we're trying to get them involved. And they're saying, we want him involved. We think he needs to be, he doesn't like it here. We think he needs to be here more. And so this conversation was around, well, you can have him here more. It's just going to mean these certain decisions have to be made. Mm. And, uh, and it got to the, I was a young and immature <laughs> student. Now I'm just old and immature, but I, at that time I was young, immature. And I went straight to, Hey, you're spending all of this time focusing on his athletics. And do you know the percentage chance that he has of mm. actually going to college and getting a scholarship? It's just not going to happen. You're putting your what worth and value and it's not in these temporal things. And I got a little bit on the righteous soapbox and, uh, it was not a great way to handle that situation. Like factually correct or not doesn't matter at that point. Right. right. And right. like, I can look at my student ministry, like times that I've made big mistakes and I can say factually, probably correct. Tactfully. Yeah. Totally mm-hmm. fleshly. And mm-hmm. which makes it wrong. So, but with Nathan, when he gets yelled at from the stands, yeah, knowing, <laughs> Knowing Nathan, it's probably not his fault. It's probably he's probably made the right call most of the time. Yep, I would I would say all the time. But, <laughs> you have to, bro. but I mean, most of the time, correct? Yeah, you have to. Um, yeah, I, I like to tell people that. Well, a game I had last night. When you walk out of there, and both teams, this is going to sound harsh, but when you walk out of there, and both teams don't like you, I usually say both teams hate you. You know, you've done something right because because right. then you've you've called it fair because they you know they didn't like this call and the other team didn't like this call. But you know, I mean, it's you're making split second judgment decisions, and I mean, I think it is a good. I think it is a very good correlation i think to student ministry i think in my student ministry time so in officiating like there's a ton of stuff that we do in prep but it's a ton of like obviously mm-hmm. you've got to be in the rule book you've got to know what the rules are you can't just go off of like well i see this on saturday well high school has a ton of rules especially in football that are not the same as what you see in college on saturday especially not the same in the nfl mm-hmm. you know one quick example pass interference is not an automatic first down in high school whereas in college and nfl it's automatic first down so you know all these kind of things come into place like you really have to be studious and study the rule books i think for student ministry you've got to be 
you've got to one, obviously it's, I mean, it's obviously easy to say, but we've got to be in the word. We've got to know, you know, what, what applies to us. And we also got to know like, what are, what are the rules in the culture that we're in and like in our church? That's really important. And then you've got to be, the other thing that we talk a ton about in officiating is like what we call mechanics, but it's really like what to be, where to be, when to be there and what to do when you're there. And I think that's the same for student ministry. If I've got a deep play, like I've got to be the first person to the pylon. Cause if I've got a catch coming in, like I need to be in position mm-hmm. right there straddling the, the, the line because it gives me the best view to make the best play. So in student ministry, if we're not positioning ourselves to set ourselves up for success, then we can't make the best play. We can't make the best call, you know, or, or use good, wise judgment. And so I think sometimes we, when I was doing student ministry, sometimes stuff just seemed like there were seasons where it was just totally reactionary. It's like, it's like pinball, right? You're just bouncing from one thing to the yeah. next. But can we get to that point where we can set ourselves up for like, oh, I can see what's coming. Let me get in position. Let me be wise about this. Let me think about it. And then you are in position to, so that when this tough stuff comes, because it always is, you're in the right spot to make the right call at the time, you know, and that's surrounding yourself with other godly leaders, working well with your staff, you know, all the things that come kind of come along with that. Man, I really like that view, that the good field vision mm-hmm. kind of illustration of student ministry. And because I think there are a lot of times where we can get so bogged down in certain details or in certain aspects that we don't see the whole field mm-hmm. and adjust what we need to what we need to do and make the call like you put it to be in the right position to make the right call. Like, I don't know, just as, as an example, there were, we were talking John Paul that some of you may know from uh, earlier podcast days, leads a publishing team here for Lifeway student ministry and does a great job. He and I were talking the other day about things we shouldn't have done in student ministry. And one of those was at, we did our own camp for a lot of years and we were lamenting the fact that we spent so much time doing our own camp that there were probably some other things that we missed out on. And one of those was like while morning, re- uh, morning worship service is going on, John Paul and I are in the woods putting together some obstacle rope based obstacle course that took. So now the game was awesome, but I like in that moment, we weren't in the position to really see the ministry as a whole and what God was doing because we had failed to delegate that particular aspect to someone else. Like, did the youth pastors at the church have to be the one setting up the obstacle course? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I would, you know, I would say the same thing, like when the youth pastors running sound and then Mm -hmm. going up to preach a message or doing something like that. There are multiplication things that need to happen to put yourself in the, in the position to make the right calls and to see the ministry as a whole. So, man, I, I get that correlation big time. Yep. But I, I want to hear, though, because I think this is something that maybe that correlates to Nathan's role is the ability to hear the criticism, too. Mm. So, Nathan, give us give us a little more like, I mean, I, Ben, you shared. I think it's not wrong. We are coaching a team. But there are some times when we are referee for um, the ministry, right? Like we're in the middle between a volunteer and a parent. Yeah. Uh, and maybe the volunteer is a player on our team, so we're coaching, or maybe we're in between two ministries. So, Nathan, how do you— Or even between like a kid and their parent. Kid and yeah. their parent, or yeah. a couple kids, couple couple parents, which is a whole other <laughs> life. <laughs> Take it out of the parking lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's when you know you got to—it's spicy. Uh, but— but Nathan, tell us a little bit, cause you I mean, you have to go home and go to bed at every night. Like how do you sleep with mm. like, you know, maybe some irate moms or dads hollering at you from both sides of the field? Like are there things that you've like 
practices you develop. There are certain things you like have like wind down exercises where you're like, I'm strong, <laughs> I'm handsome, I am not their criticism. Like how, how do you handle that? Cause like, I mean, that's gotta be almost a necessary part of, of, yeah. I mean, you, you shared like, I feel good if they both don't like me, but like, I mean, that's, that's, you know, strong and cavalier to say, but that can't mm. be like a fun lived reality on a Friday night. Zach, Zach's thinking like that would crush me. I couldn't do it. No, like, I over there. again, uh, I internalize too much, and so I'm just I'm, I'm genuinely curious how you go home thinking, man, that mom and that dad both didn't like me. Job well done. Like I can't. That's a great question. It's a great question. It is a great question. I think it really does have some great correlation to student ministry too. The, the real quick, simple answer is I'm a one, so I know I'm right, so it doesn't bother me at all. But. <laughs> But that's not really that practical. So anyway, no. the value of being right outweighs the the people not liking you for the right. for the one yeah. right, which which also correlates to some you know tough leadership uh, lessons I've had to learn in my life that I've had to care more about the people I'm leading than how right mm-hmm. I am and what I'm doing. So anyway, I think I look at the criticism like on the field in three different ways, and I think it's important. Again, it's really important to know. For me, at least officiating, it's really important, obviously, to know the rules and to know what's happening. And so I look at the criticism in three in, in three ways. And so if it's really what I could call fans in the stands. So that's people that are kind of like bystanders. So I think in student ministry, this is like people who aren't involved in student ministry. They just see it from a distance and they're there. You know, they're complaining the students were too loud or, uh, you know, this, that or the other. The typical stuff I think we think about. But like really, if fans in the stands, I just completely ignore them because you've got to think about it from this. They are solely looking at that game from the objective of the team that they want to win to win. So they're always saying, so, you know, if it's a fumble, they're always going to yell, oh, he was down every play. They're always going to yell. They were holding and they don't even <laughs> know what the true. definition of holding is. Right. And they're like, oh, he, he clinched his jersey. And I'm like, well, legally, he can do that inside the shoulder pads on, on the chest, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like he pushed him down. It's like, well, no, he block started in the side and then the kid turned. So there's no longer illegal. So, like, you know, there's all these things that go into what makes a you know the correct call but it really is yeah. you know deep study and knowledge obviously the rules mechanics those kind of things but like fans in the stands i think those bystanders i don't really listen to them hardly at all you know it's i mean i mean you hear them sometimes it's really funny it's you know it's the same thing like in basketball every time every play that was a walk that was a travel that was a double dribble blah 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 every sport's got the thing that everybody says all the time and it's never never is right so i just ignore them you know completely and you have to you know ignore them and half the time they're saying stuff like that aren't even rules, right? Those are my favorite things. And it's like, one time this dude told me, I can't believe you called that. I know you've got to watch football on the weekends. And, and it's like, well, yeah, but that's not what the rule is in, in high school here. So one, I think fans in the stand, those bystanders, you just have to ignore because most of the time, honestly, they really are wrong. They don't have one, a good perspective. They're not looking at the game objectively. In, in football, if it's a five-man crew, there's only five people in that whole entire stadium of whether it's 200, 2,000, 20,000 looking at that what's going on on the field objectively. And I can promise you officials never once care who wins or loses the game. Like we legit want to, to call a good game. And so I think yeah. as a student pastor, you've got to realize that like, who are the people kind of in the stands the, that are just kind of like, you know, saying stuff because of it's the way that they want it to be. The second way I look at criticism is if is that criticism coming from a coach. So a coach on the field, especially a head coach, I'll take a little bit differently, especially because they, they'll earn, they can earn your respect, especially when you get to the high school and especially the college like, these are people's livelihoods. So like, you know, they could not be feeding their family next year if they do really poorly this season because they, you know, record is really bad. They might get fired. They might have to move on. Like it has more consequences than just 
a game right there at that moment. So we work really hard to call it well, but I listen to their criticism a little bit more. And now if it's just like, oh, that wasn't a fumble or that was got to be a hold or, you know, some of those, the general things, it's kind of like, all right, coach, you know, this is what I saw. This is what I have. But when a coach comes to you and they're like, hey, can you watch so-and-so because they're really doing this? Or like, can you watch this player? Because my lineman is saying like he is getting held. It's like, okay, you know, I'll watch it. I hear that criticism. I receive it and I take it differently than I would somebody in the stands just yell, they're holding. You know what I'm saying? Because that person has got a little bit more respect, a little bit more involvement and weight in the game. So I look at that kind of as like parents that are in the ministry, people who actually are involved in there, they're kind of like they're playing the game with you, right? So when they come up and they have concerns, maybe it's not criticism as much, but when they have concerns, like I want to listen to that. I want to see if it's valid. I'm not going to immediately be like, yeah, of course, that's they're right. But I want to evaluate that and and see, is that really true? Then the third one really is, uh, someone told me once when I went to do my, my, I think it was my very first college lacrosse game. I was doing a, a pretty well-known college and this coach had been coaching lacrosse for like well, longer than I've been alive. And so one of the referees <laughs> said, hey, this guy's really, you know, he's really kind. But when he asks you a question or he says something, he's probably right and you've probably missed it. And and so obviously, like, I can't let that influence, like, the call. Like, I'm not going to overturn it if I called it one way or the other because it's what yeah. I saw. But if the person's like, hey, why didn't we do this or something like that? Then it's like, man, I really need to, you know, think and evaluate. And the person really was you know, kind of nice and, and, and really like had a good manner and delivery about it. And so it's, it's knowing that. So I think that relates to like in student ministry, it's like when you have mentors that really are people you look up to, whether that's senior pastor or other people and they come to you and they're like, Hey, I have this concern. Then it's like, man, we really need to take this seriously. Let me like, let me take, let me take a step back and evaluate. Am I doing this right? Did I make the right decision? Was this the right call? Do I need to look at this, you know, differently and remind myself of what, in my case, like what, you know, did I apply that rule correctly? A lot of times that's what it is at that level is, did you apply this rule correctly or or that kind of a thing? So anyway, but that's kind of how I look at criticism. And at the end of the day, people are going to be critics and you've, I mean, truly, you've just got to, especially in officiating, you've got to let that roll off your back, but you've got to know who it's coming from. And that really determines, I think, how serious you need to take it, if that, that makes sense. There was a, a vice president that who's the one that hired me here at Lifeway several, a lot of years ago. His name's Eric Geiger. He's a pastor out in California now. Uh, amazing person to work for. And he would always talk about how if you want to make everyone happy, then you need to go sell ice cream. Mm-hmm. And that it's, you know, you're not going to make everyone happy. That's not, you know, that's not the goal or that's not the effort that we're trying, like we're not in ministry to make everybody, everybody happy. But I do, I do think the, the listening part of that being willing to take it in and being willing to hear criticism through that filter of, is this an opportunity for me to get better? Mm -hmm. Is this an opportunity for me to see, Oh, there's a gap that I missed that someone else actually saw or an affirmation of, and this is one of those times where I did this and heard the criticism and on the other side of it, feel like we went the right way, feel like yep. it was still the right call. Yep. And that's, man, Zach, I love that question because it, I think it comes from the heart of to, to be a, a youth pastor. You have to, you do kind of have to have some thick skin in times. Uh, not all of us are born with that. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> yeah. I think it's important to say, like, I mean, it may be a, I mean, I guess maybe Nathan, one more question to you. Are you thicker skin now than when you first started? Is this something mm. that like, the callus of, you know, like this is like fingertips on playing guitar. Like it takes a little bit of season and practice to be able to rightly discern the fans in the stands from the invested folks. 
like how do how how is your uh, uh, vision and receptivity on field different today than it was when you first started? It is definitely a learned and an exercise thing that that gets in that sense gets easier with time. The more experience you have, the more comfortable you get with. I mean, in an officiating context, more com- more plays you see, the better. Just the better you get, so the better you're able to you know, make sure you're in the right place, at the right time, those kind of things. But no, it's definitely something. And, and it's really tough because I mean, in officiating, you start, you're usually your career out in like rec leagues and some of those kind of things. And where there's not much invested, there's, there's a lot of just criticism that comes and it's mm-hmm. the higher, the higher you go where there's much more invested. So high school, college, those kind of levels, then there's usually a lot less criticism that comes from the, the people that they should be kind of like I talked about, but it really is something that like you have to get used to it. You have to know, you know, what's appropriate. I mean, I've kicked people off of games because they've, they've crossed that line of the stuff they've either said to me or one of my partners on the field or even other players. You, you do have to get used to it. And that's kind of, kind of sad. What's but your also, 40 time? My 40 time, man, I don't know. <laughs> I wish it was under, I wish, I wish I could say it was under five, but it's probably not. I wish I could say it was, <laughs> under four but it's probably not to bring that around full full circle i think the getting used to it or the becoming more thick-skinned i think the challenge there is how do you develop that without becoming cynical that's very true like how do you how do how do we become i'm able to hear this criticism and not internalize it too much without that cynical, man, everybody's just against me. And I know I have, and I'm sure, I'm sure you have too. run across people leading in youth ministry that do have this, it's me against the world kind of thing. And that's unfortunate. A lot of times that's happened because of some situation the student pastor couldn't control happened to them or, you know, some negative church type situation took place and it's just kind of been, they held on to. And I I said to bring it full circle because it kind of comes back to that friends and ministry and community and like we need each other kind of place because that's what helps absorb that criticism. I think when we have people who share the same context that we do, that we can say, Hey, this happened to me. And for somebody to say, man, I understand that. And I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, and I think a big part of that is, is learning to let go of, of some of those health in a healthy way some of those those times but looking at each time that you walk into the building at church or each time you walk into the next event for me each time i walk onto the field i have to look at that as a new event i can't walk in there and be like man i already can't stand these fans even if i've been there before and they were ridiculous right i have to walk in there saying it's a brand new game and i'm yeah. I'm glad to be here i'm glad to be doing this and so i think as students we've got to walk in there maybe the week before that a parent got on to you for something and you maybe you were right but you've got to walk in there you're about to see them at you know grabbing coffee in the fellowship hall whatever it is and it's a new day it's a new start you know again we're all human but thanks by the grace of god you know he gives us another chance to to, to live in him and so we've got to remember to to be christ-like to all those people around us in my context it's a new game well for us it's a new day well, and that's been, you're right, in the community of having other folks that have a better, again, field of view, vision. Uh, Nathan, you named it for us. And so let's go ahead and make it make it plain for folks. There are folks sitting in your stands that are not on your team. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to be able to know, like, yeah, they're, they're out there and they may be cheering when we're winning and booing when we're losing. Um, but to have the right 
perspective of like who's in it with you. And I think that is uh, something we don't always know because uh, we turn around and just see everybody that's standing or sitting behind us. Uh, we can miss it a little bit. So I think having other folks name it for us, address it for us, because um, discernment is, uh, I mean, it's its a holy work, it's a sacred work, um, but I don't think it's a solitary work. I don't think it's just up to us to be able to parse through um, the opinions of many uh, for the kind of work we should be doing or kind of the ministry we should be leading. And so, uh, yeah, it takes, it takes a, a whole coaching staff of people that understand and know what's going on. Yeah. Well, and you, yeah, if you, if you make it your aim to parse through all of it all the time, you'll spend all your time. Mm -hmm. Like that's all you'll do mm, Yeah, that you will get down into the weeds of that component of ministry. And it'll take you out of position from being able to lead, lead the whole thing. Well, Zach, thanks for joining us on today's episode. Always good to have you here. Uh, you can hear more from Zach, uh, and many of you know Chad as well, as they partner on uh, the Youth Ministry Booster podcast. So check that out. You can get the third installment of the Saga of the Fish. I can't, I can't wait to go, to go right. hear about <laughs> hear the end of the story. It's going to be good. Uh, Producer Nathan, always good to share some time with you. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We'll see you next time.